here's an idea. Make poppies that don't fall off your freaking clothes. Oh, for love I, of God. I buy How poppies. How about a pin that doesn't, like a, one, of the, one that clips. Clips. I took my sweater off the other day. I had a poppy on it and scratched my thing. It scratched my face. Every sports fan has an opinion. Well, these are ours. Ours. Welcome to Brock and Pep's Unsportsmanlike Convo. And here are your hosts, Brock Fleming and Pep Cariotti. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to episode number 36. 36. Woo! Of the UC. We are live, well, live right now for us at the RA Center. And we are recording uh, from our Regular spot, back room table. Uh, the service is great. The drinks are fresh. Right uh, near the kitchen. Right near the kitchen. So it's, it's hot, but it smells great. Yeah, I'm regretting the sweater. We've got uh, Curtis Fleming, our insider, uh, and his insider, Rebecca Langille, vid- joining us today. Um, thanks for joining us, guys. Uh, their mics are not on, but you could probably hear both of them laughing. If you can't, they're laughing. Um, so thanks for coming out, guys. We appreciate it. Um, we have a lot on the agenda um, that we're going to try and cover in a short amount of time. But it's, it's the world of sport, man. There's a lot to talk about, right, B? There is a lot to talk about, especially after Thursday night's debacle, but we'll get into that. Wow. Oof. So we, uh, I think we have, we're going to introduce a new segment. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we're going to, uh, we're not doing away with the social room, but it just, it just sounds too much like a certain news channel. Uh, rhymes with BTV, <laughs> and they have a, a segment that's very similar. So we're going to come up with something different. And Brock, I think you've named it and come up with the. Uh, well, uh, uh, we'll have to give a shout out to Curtis because he's the one that brought up. But I remember we were recording his house, and he said, "What about you? See what I'm saying?" Curtis said that. Yeah, it was Curtis's idea. You see what I'm saying? Like the UC on Sportsmanlike Convo. Oh, you see what I'm saying? Remember right. that? I, you know what? I had so many. I have a chip coma that yeah. I forget. Uh, <laughs> so many. I forget simple everything chips. we talked about. Shout out to Simple Chips. Shout two out to for three dollars at Loblaws. <laughs> simple. Is that where they're from? <laughs> yeah. Are uh, they a Loblaws brand? I think so. Okay. <clears throat> I bought. Uh, we had a games night there at the house, and uh, I bought Simple Chips for mm. the event because I figured I'd support the sponsor that doesn't know they're our sponsor. So good. All right, you ready for the new episode? The new or episode. The new, uh, the new uh, not episode, the new, uh, the new segment. segment. And segment. What's it called officially? It's called You See What I'm Saying. <laughs> so good. See what I'm saying. 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 Wow. It's awesome. It's better than the social room. Well, you made the whole thing with the social room, with the door closing and all that. Yeah, and I regret it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ugh. Okay, we've got we've got a lot to talk about in the in Jesus. Oh, sorry, in the you see what I'm saying. Um, if I can get serious for a second, if anybody watched the last Thursday night football game between the Cleveland Browns and the Pittsburgh Steelers in Cleveland, uh, you saw something you don't see a lot of in football anymore, like just complete chaos. You know, you see your brouhaha's, you still see a lot of tempers flare. I'm, I'm going to talk to Brock a little bit about this uh, a little bit later. About you know, ba- uh, you know football reactions, predictable and predictable reactions. You know the heat of the moment, <clears throat> but I think we're going to start off by talking facts. And I'm going to I'm going to mention some facts of that particular play. Now we're talking about Miles Garrett 
uh, the, he's been suspended for the rest of the season, by the way, for basically ripping off the helmet of the other team's quarterback. In this case, it's, it was Mason Rudolph for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Ripped his helmet off it, during a scuffle and uh, used it, uh, actually swung it towards Rudolph's head. And there's a backstory to all of that, uh, Mason Rudolph being knocked out a couple weeks prior, that I think contributed to the length of this, this suspension, possibly. I'm going to ask Brock's opinion on this anyway. We'll, we'll see. But I'm going to state the facts of that particular game. And Brock, um, you know, the game finished 21-7 for Cleveland. Fact. Fact. When that incident happened, there was eight seconds left on the clock. Fact. Yes. Uh, the play was a... It looked like a screen pass initially when I saw the the highlight, but it was actually just a pass. I think it, there was nobody open downfield, so he dumped it down to his running back, and it was going to be the last play of the game. Fact. It's five seconds left, whatever. Fact. Garrett took what I would consider to be three full strides before wrapping his body around Rudolph. And I'm, I'm trying not to wear my rose-colored glasses because I'm a Steeler fan. I'm not trying to see it through the one side. For those I'm, who aren't here, he's wearing the Steeler hat, the Steeler shirt yes. as he's talking. So, yes. you know, maybe not actual rose-colored glasses. Uh, I'm but, sorry, but I'm trying to stay neutral. It's hard, but I'm trying to stay neutral. Of course it's hard. He took three steps. Rudolph... And I, I, I don't want to get into the non-factual stuff, but the, the fact is he took three steps, wrapped his body around him. They went to the ground. That's a fact. Uh, Rudolph put his hands on uh, Miles Garrett's helmet, tried to take it off first. I think that's a fact. Fact. Um, there was some scuffling. I mean, it looked like a foot. looked like Rudolph's yeah, it looked foot. looked like a kick to the groin or a tent right. of. Yeah. Fact. fact. So really, when I'm dealing with all the facts, and then, uh, of course the fact, you know, Garrett ripped the helmet off. Rudolph's, Rudolph's head, head and swung it and tried to hit him in the head with it. Also fact. So when you we talking about the facts, now we can analyze some of the the behaviors and some of the reactions and whether they were warranted or not, whether it was a uh, um, the, the suspensions were warranted. And that's where I want to get Brock's opinion on. I have my own take, but I do want to get Brock's opinion on the fact that like Brock, you mentioned heat of the moment. You mentioned the lineman had it covered. Why did Rudolph lose his mind? Why did he go there? And he kind of asked for it in a, in a way. So I want to know your opinion on the play. Because you, you, I remember you wrote it on the Facebook page, but that's for all our audience. So I want you to give your take on that particular play and, and is the suspension warded? Yeah, so I watched the play. I initially, you know, I was flabbergasted when you see it. And then you sort of watch everything in slow motion. And, you know, so we went through the facts we did skip, so Rudolph tries to rip Garrett's helmet off, kicks him in the groin area, and then Garrett rips the helmet off of Rudolph. At that point, he doesn't immediately swing at Rudolph. He is up now being held back by DeCastro. DeCastro, and I think I, I think It was DeCastro. It was one initially. Yeah. DeCastro. DeCastro, De yeah. Rudolph stands up. Makes a big, you know, arms in the air, that kind of thing. And then this play, Garrett and DeCastro are at least five, six yards behind Rudolph. And Rudolph then goes at Garrett and the, the kerfuffle. And that's when Garrett swings at him. Right. Swinging a helmet in general is uh, not something that is, it's not something that's common in an NFL game. 
But this kind of stuff you'll see in practices, in training camps, when emotions are extremely high. Garrett's ex emotions were extremely high. I forget, somebody posted, said, oh, he, lucky he hit him with the, the soft end of the helmet. Because he hit with, like, the under, like, where there's, a, like, the back pad kind yeah, of thing and yeah. the ear thing. That's not the soft part of the helmet. I'm sorry. No, I agree. There's, that is... That's still pretty hard. You know, that's, that'll do some friggin' damage. Yeah. Regardless of what Rudolph's, uh, you know, head issues were two weeks before, I think those are not irrelevant at all. But... When I watch it, I don't understand why Rudolph's trying to take Garrett's helmet off in the first place. The emotions and the line that these guys in the NFL play on and that you have to play on to be successful. Like, you're borderline, I don't say psycho, but, like, there's that state of mind that is special for an NFL player to be successful and be in that, and especially in the trenches from a D-line and an offensive line standpoint. The Pouncey Twins are not as successful as they are if they don't have some wires that are loose. Garrett is not as successful as, successful as he is if he doesn't have a couple loose wires. That's just the nature of the game and the nature of the business of what you have to be and what, men, what your mental state is when you have to go out there week after week and fight somebody, essentially. So something made him cross the line, and if it's just that hit, was there a flag on the hit already? Was there a late hit? You talk about three steps Garrett took and then hit Rudolph and then brought him to the ground, but I did not see a flag for a late hit you know, I, or I, roughing the passer. Yeah, there was a flag, but I, at that point, I couldn't, you couldn't tell if it was because there was some, uh, some stuff going on after the play or if it was because of the hit. Because it was almost simultaneous. They went down, and then there was a flag, but it was almost at the same time Rudolph grabbed uh, Garrett's helmet. So I, I couldn't tell. The NFL hasn't specified. I haven't heard any news okay. about it. So it was hard to tell, but there was definitely a, um, it was a, definitely a flag as the two went down. The referee threw a flag. So, but I, okay. my guess is as good as yours as to whether it was because it was a late hit. It wasn't even that hard a hit. They just went to the ground. It just you know? he followed through and brought him to the ground where he had time to, you know, stop and let go. So, you know, again, there's fifty nine minutes and fifty two seconds that happened prior to this that could easily have been something that set him off. And I, I just yeah. need to get my hands on him. He got him. It's a fifteen yard penalty or whatever for a late hit. Okay, that's already kind of a, a, a faux pas, but it's you, done. Know, you get out yeah. of your system. Yeah. And then to have, you know, again, Rudolph, you know, essentially poke the bear and try and take his helmet off, and then that makes him go crazy. And then even that's, okay, he ripped your helmet off. He ripped your helmet off, dude. Yeah. And then you have a lineman whose job is to protect you, has the situation essentially taken care of. What do you do? You go into the fire. Yep. Yeah. Why? Why go into yep. the fire? What are you trying to prove? No, Nothing. Look, you're, the, you're the guy that's behind the, the, the bouncers holding the guy and taking him out, and now you're like, hold me back, hold me back? Yeah, no, no, I get it. I, you know, and I think, I know that's a, like, I, when you said that to me the first time a couple days ago, I had to stop and understand what you meant, and I, I appreciate that aspect of it. I think there's also the aspect of, like, Rudolph uh, also frustrated with his game. 
You know, yeah. you're, you've had a you've had a poor game. It's on Thursday night. You're the only show in town. You haven't played well. You're about to lose, uh, and he really didn't play well. And then to add insult to injury, you, you get taken to the ground on the last play of the game when it's when the game's out of reach. I, there's a whole other aspect of this that I don't think people are talking a lot about is the fact that Freddie Kitchens has to has to pull the boys back and say, guys, no penalties. Don't pin your ears back for this last play. All we gotta do is let them run out the clock. Even if they run out, even if they they complete a pass for 20 yards, the clock's gonna run out. I don't think Pittsburgh got any timeouts left. You gotta step in and say, guys, you've pinned your ears back for, like you said, 59 minutes and however many seconds. Now, this last play of the game, let's just get out of here. We got the W and let's let's go. Let's move on. I, like he didn't blitz them. No, nope. okay. but it, that was brought up too. Like, should Kitchens be held accountable for those actions on the field? <clears throat> and you know, Freddie Kitchens could have said that. We yeah. don't know. Maybe if he says, you know, whatever, let's just get out of this game and and you know, don't take any penalty or whatever. Let's just get out of this game. You know, just finish the finish the game. Let's get out of here. Yeah. But you have a guy, you have a dog that's pissed off and wants to get a bite. He's going to get a bite. Like, it doesn't matter what Kitchen says. Yeah. These guys are grown men making millions of dollars. There's a lot of chirping going on right now with Kitchens. There's Todd Haley came out to the media and said, uh, basically, he said the whole, the whole scenario falls on the coach. And so that's a big deal. Todd Haley was their OC last year. He got fired, so maybe there's a little bitterness there. But, like, there's people chirping that, you know, maybe this Kitchens fella isn't the dude for this team. And there's some big personalities. Some, you know, they've had good moments. They've had not so good moments. They've had... I don't even know what offense they're running. You've got Odell Beckham, maybe the best hands in the, in the NFL, and you you got to get him involved in the game early. You've got to maybe a slant, a rub play, something where he, the ball can come into his hands, and he they're running him 12, 15-yard uh, outs. Like, that's a hard Trust pass. Me, I know? have OBJ in my fantasy, yeah. so I know all about those issues. Right, so but, but that falls on the coach, and I think the coaching staff is that's, fa- failing these that's guys. That's something that can fall on the coach. But a guy's reaction on a football field, much as what, or exactly what Garrett's was, is not something the coach can say, I coach football. And if my kid loses his shit and throws a helmet at somebody, well, I didn't tell him to do that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I also shouldn't have to tell him not to do that because that's part of my thing with that whole incident is um, if he didn't have the helmet in his hand, and Rudolph went over, and he just gave him a left jab in the chin and buckled him. We're not talking about any of that. I don't think, yeah, yeah, this isn't a big deal. Yeah. And I, I think it was Pat McAfee, I listening to his rant on it, and he's like, yeah, he's like, if he punches him, he's like, you say, okay, he probably had it coming. And he's like, and Steeler fans are like, punch him again for those four picks. <laughs> like, get another <laughs> shot in there. <laughs> Listen, I, I, like I was actually going to mention, it, if there were just removal of helmets, Let's say, let's say for whatever reason, somehow Rudolph gets Garrett's helmet off, and then the same happens to Rudolph. We're not even having this conversation. They both get probably fined, some scuffles. You don't see Pouncey kicking the other guy in the in the groin. Like I don't. None of this happens. It all starts and Pouncey stops. didn't kick him in the groin. We tried to. Or he kicked tried him, to him in, the in the head, right? Yeah. So he went down and t- and whatever. A guy's got a helmet same. on, hey. shoulder pads on. So throwing punches and those are you know. They're not effective punches. And then a, uh, a half kick to the helmet. Like, he's protecting his quarterback yes. and his teammate at that point. Yes. And it's it's not – again, the guy's fully padded at that point. Yeah. So, to me, I'm like, three games seem to be a lot for him. 
maybe one because he made the kicking motion, but ultimately it was kind of justified. Uh, who's who else got suspended? Uh, nobody, just those two, <clears throat> and then uh, the sixty-five got. Uh, I think he got a big fine. Because oh, he may, pushed Rudolph maybe, to the ground, or whatever. With, with a hel- without his helmet or whatever. So any yeah, whatever. Yeah. Uh, all I all I know is this. At the end of the day, if the, if everything cancels out, the helmet removals, the the scuffle, the rolling on the ground, if everything cancels out, the one thing that sticks out, the one egregious play is hitting the guy in the head with his helmet. And I'm not even going to talk about the fact that this quarterback was KO'd two weeks ago or three weeks ago. It doesn't matter. He's playing. Matter. Yeah, he's playing. It doesn't matter. So, there's no, there's no but, I can't hit him because he was hurt two weeks ago. You put his ass in, he's getting hit. You think the NFL if Rudolph took doesn't go over? With the, with the I suspension? hope not. It has, noth- it has no pertinence to this whatsoever. So I don't think so. But I say, if Rudolph just stands up, throws his hands up in the air, and goes like, what the hell just happened? It's over. Yeah. Even Garrett's got your helmet in his hand, that's fine. Maybe he gets a fine. That's Garrett. I suspect that's a it. fine. There's, yeah. there's nothing else. There's unsportsmanlike conduct penalties. There's, you know, ejection maybe. Yeah. But there is no, there's no suspension. There's nothing we're talking about I at agree. this point. So, so okay, so uh, let's, let's put a bow on this. Yep. Um, do you think the suspension was too long for Garrett? Um, Not long enough? Should it go into next year? Or should he, like... What is it? So, it's the end of this, it's this the whole, season? It's the whole year. If they make the but playoffs... But it's indefinitely, so... Wasn't it? I, I suspect he'll be back next year. I think the, they they said this year plus playoffs for sure. That's probably fitting for fitting? for okay. swinging a helmet. Okay, the, the swinging the helmet. He, if he just dropped the helmet yeah. and punched him, we'd be having a whole different story. right Absolutely. now. Absolutely, I'm I'm with you there. So I think the 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 crime, the punishment fit the crime for that for that player. Um, should Rudolph have gotten something? Hard to say because, yeah, he put his hand on his helmet, but, again, that's like a fine more than it is anything else, right? Yeah. It's just, uh, Rudolph know. got sorry, Rudolph got sort of what was coming to him yeah. by running into it, and you got yeah. hit with the helmet. Yeah. Like, you're fortunate that you're still walking around because yeah. it could have been way worse. Yeah. And that would have been, you know, his punishment, I Yeah, guess. for sure. Well, that was that was the uh, last Thursday nighter. This, who's playing this week? The tech, the Texans and Colts, I think, are playing on Thursday night. So, well, the that, Texans better bounce back because they had a piss poor showing against the Ravens. Yeah, and the Colts are are feisty. Um, they're yeah. they're sitting in a wild card spot. We're going to talk about that a little later. The NFL uh, contenders and pretenders. But moving on to the next uh, next topic, there's a. <clears throat> I think we're just now sort of everyone's calmed down about the Don Cherry stuff. Uh, everyone has an opinion. I don't think anybody's really wrong. I think any, in this particular case, everyone's opinion is, is right. Um, everyone just has a different aspect on, on what was said and how, what was meant. and you know, Interpretations. Uh, interpretations. Just everyone's got their own interpretation of it. But um, Ron McLean, his first Saturday without Don. Uh, Brock, you said you didn't. You listened to it a little bit or you read or you... No, I listened to Don Cherry's podcast this morning. Okay. But I did not watch Hockey Night in Canada with Ron's uh, statement without Look, Don and stuff. And it, it's a simp- it was as simple as this. It was very safe. He apologized for, to Don for... I don't really know what he was apologizing for. But he also, on the flip side, said, I don't apologize for standing for my beliefs. So it was a, it was a really weird five minutes... He also said, "I love you, Don," and you know, or we're just, uh, you've done a lot for my career. All the all the stuff you'd, you'd hear. He said, "I love you a lot," actually. Um, 
I think I'd say if if you know I have polling my friends and and talking to people at work and whoever saw that five minute segment, I'd say the safe it was a safe. It was probably a very safe Everything five minutes. Everything that Ron has done since has been fairly safe yeah. in terms of his career. Yeah. And, you know, but we can't forget that, yeah, what was it, uh, no more than 10 years ago when Ron was initially taken off the air and Don was the one that was left and then there was a big uproar. And I know Don, you know, made a, made a point, to stand, made up a point to stand up for Ron and to make sure he came back on the show and stuff too. Um, you know, it's... Uh, Anyway, uh, look, it's, we it's, talked about this where yeah. Ron's initial reaction during Don's talk, you know, he didn't. And, and Ron is usually very sharp on making sure that things are clear what Don says. And if something comes out and he thinks may sound uh, controversial, he sort of clarifies really quickly. Yeah. Like Ron has been extremely good at that. And Ron didn't bat an eye when Don was saying that the first time. So. My what I, the way I take is that he interpreted it as being there's nothing wrong with that comment, mm-hmm. and he understood what Don was saying, and it, it's kind of the way you know. Again, I took it. Now again, I'm white, a white Canadian. You know, so is that? Nah, listen, I'm is not. Is that why white, I'm taking it that way? I'm not white Canadian, and it didn't bother me. So, uh, wow. So yeah, it didn't bother me one bit. Honestly, I I didn't I wasn't bothered by it at all. I'm not offended by it at all. You know, it, it just it just didn't need to be said. Is all. I, if I, if it was like a pointless, why are you going in that direction, Don? Is all like, I, I get it. I get it all. Like that's Don. The point was to support veterans, and the reason why we live in the Canada that is today is because of these guys, and people should be supporting them. You know, you people is fairly general. He does say, you people who come here, we don't even know if that means, you know, you're coming to Canada. It means you're coming to Mississauga because he's talking about specifically Mississauga. Mississauga is like 70% immigrants. Like, I don't know. Like, well, you come to Mississauga, you come to Canada, whatever. The other thing, too, is here's an idea. Make poppies that don't fall off your freaking clothes. Oh, for love I, of God. I buy How poppies. How about a pin that doesn't, like a, one, of the, one that clips? Clips. I'll buy one of those. I'll pay an extra dollar for that. Don would see me and say, you're not wearing a poppy, dick. Like, yeah, well, I had one. I had about three, but they're all on the ground somewhere in the parking lot. Because every time I put my seatbelt on or take my jacket off, it falls off. I took my sweater off the other day. I had a poppy on it and scratched my thing. It scratched my face. Like, what am I doing? Yeah. I d- to hell with these guys. You know what? Forget it. <laughs> I'll put a loony in, but keep the damn poppy. Keep the poppy. Yeah. Oh, dear. <laughs> Hey, it's about supporting the no. poppy. Anyway. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, and that's... <sighs> I got a, a pencil eraser on the end of one right now just to keep just it Just to on. keep it plugged. That's yeah. brilliant. Yeah, my kid came that up with that. That is brilliant. It's like, put a poppy so it doesn't prick you. I'm like, well, I just want it to stay on. Yeah. <laughs> but it won't prick you either. But it won't prick you. That's amazing. <laughs> so after all that fallout and after all the Ron McLean talk, I think the dust settled. Then this twit. Absolute on twit. The, on the social... And it, this isn't a woman-man thing. This is just because, look, look, if you listen to the NFL Network uh, in the morning, the good morning NFL guys, they're they're equally as ridiculously stupid. I can't listen to them. But this show, this Jess, Jessica Allen, Jess Allen, whatever her name Jess, is. Exactly. I don't want to give too much to she, her, but. She just basically poured a whole bunch of fuel on the fire and uh, and doubled down on all this rather than 
try to defuse the situation. She just went complete opposite direction and tried to feel. I think you got a cute a clip of this. Eh, I got a, a okay. short clip there. Of okay, her wise this is words. Jess Allen on the social. I don't worship at the the altar of hockey. There's a certain type of person in my mind, in my experience, who does, and they all tended to be white boys who weren't, um, let's say, very nice. They were not generally thoughtful. They were often bullies. Uh, their parents were able to afford to put them, you know, spend $5,000 a year on minor hockey. And for me, Don Cherry is the walking and talking representative of that type. Yeah, exactly. So that's wow. her comments. And, uh, I mean, she goes on and she talks about hockey players and how expensive it is to play hockey. And then, you know, why don't you use that $5,000 and uh, see the world? world. Yeah, come on. Come on. Come on, man. I was so irritated when I heard that. Hey, my brother has three girls. Two of them are in hockey. There's no money to travel the world. What are you talking about? Come on, man. That was so ridiculous. I was That was absurd. It was pointless. It was, like, really, really, really categorizing a group of people that was equally as racist. That was, if not more racist than anything else I've ever heard. Well, instead of you people, it was you specific white, white hockey boys. players, boys, Boy. that, anyway, I Stupid. Absolutely. F- anyway, it irritated me beyond anything. And, uh, you know, you, you look at something like that and you say, well, and everybody's looking for, you know, tit for tat. Don got fired, so her ass better get fired. Well, it looks like it's not. And I don't know why exactly. It was just such a stupid thing to say at a, a very volatile time where people's nerves and people's uh, emotions are really already high. And you go there. Was it, was it for ratings? Because the show sucks shit. I hate the social. It sucks. I don't know, Marcy. Okay, Ian, that's another reason why we're not going to use the social. Yes, room. good call, Marcy. Ian is. Uh, you've got the chops to be doing better than this, uh, Marcy. I I loved you on CBC, uh, CTV Morning. Um, I don't know what you're doing on this show. It's awful. And uh, this Jessica Allen, really, you really got to rethink your 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 uh, your words. I thought you just played on something uh, on a high emotion topic, and you went somewhere with, like like Don where maybe you just aren't educated enough to talk about that because that was just like categorizing a whole group of people uh, unfairly. You know what that sounded like? It sounded like someone scorned yes. by a white hockey player back in the day. To be honest, that's exactly what it sounded like to me. It was like, oh, they weren't very nice to me and they weren't whatever, and that was some, you know, some kid who played hockey. hockey player that, you know. Some did, kid who played hockey. Some kid who played hockey who, you know, you didn't like or didn't like you or whatever and now she's categorized everything the the definition of racism so the i find the hysterical thing about all this is that now everyone's sort of divided on what john don cherry said but i think everyone's come to grips with what's happened and emotions have calmed down but everyone can agree everyone think is i I don't know anybody who agrees with jess allen other than the people that were in the audience um i think everybody agrees it was that was the dumbest thing they could that you could possibly say. So yeah, and I think the people in the audience had like the applaud sign. Or yeah, something crap. you know yeah, what I mean. Like yeah. there couldn't have been people actually yeah. saying, "Oh, that's really great. That's smart." Well, Don has a. Uh, I'll just put again. We're gonna put a bow on yeah. this topic. Don's got a uh, a, a podcast. Uh, maybe we'll maybe we'll ask. You know what? Maybe I'll find a, a way to get a hold of him and maybe ask him to come on our show. Hell yeah! Wouldn't that be pretty cool? I'm sure he. I'm sure he'd be down. He's, He's got nothing else to do. Like you yeah. said, I'm unemployed except for this podcast. We got that six I'm doing minutes. out of my kitchen. We got six minutes. We'll offer you, pal. Seven. Seven. 
That's awesome. Um, anyway, it's called The Grapevine, and uh, his first podcast was out, uh, was it last night, I think? Uh, this morning came out. Yeah. Listen so, to it. Cool. It was a you know quick listen. Yeah. Actually, you know, good stories. All the stuff you love about Don yeah. was brought into that. Um, I was surprised that his kid has this real thick Boston accent, but then again, I'm not surprised. Yeah. You know, but uh, yeah, good stories cool. about Maurice Richard and stuff. So, you know, good on you, Don, and uh, good luck, in, good luck on, to that. Yeah. yeah. And we'll uh, get you on the uh, the old, get you on the old uh, UC, UC bud. Um, last topic in the, uh, you see what I'm saying? Uh, Houston Astros, uh, stories keep coming out about their cheating, uh, you know, stealing signs. And uh, this one story came out, they use a garbage can. Somebody in the bullpen was like, if it was a change up, he'd slam the garbage can lid three times. It was like, it's cr- what's coming out is crazy. And everybody is, uh, everybody is basically saying, um, yeah, they did it. Everybody in the baseball world. So my question to you is, uh, is simple, Brock. Should we, is this as egregious as the steroid era? Should we put an asterisk beside their 2017 championship? Um, because of, I mean, hey, stealing signs is a big deal. If, you know, say, if you know a changeup is coming, <laughs> you know, you, your timing's different, and that's a big deal. Well, that's that was my thing with the steroid uh, epidemic as well, because you can be jacked up all you want, but hitting a baseball is tough to do. So steroids don't make you uh, more coordinated, don't make your hand-eye coordination any better. You know, maybe your bat speed's a bit more, and maybe you actually get a bit more power when you actually hit it, but... Stealing signs, knowing what's coming down. If somebody says it's a fastball coming down or it's a changeup, knowing what that is, that I find to be a bigger advantage than the oh, steroids. Yeah. Oh, dude, I'm with you 100%. I've, told, I've, I've said this to a 1,000 people that the steroid era, for whatever reason, doesn't bother me as much because you still got to hit the ball. You might be a little stronger. You might be a little faster. Right. But you still have to have the skill. You, you still got to know. Yeah. So I Now, uh, was sign stealing around as prevalent as the steroids. So the steroid guys also knew the pitches, oh. and then it was... I, I don't think it was like... Uh, um, I think the fact they that They had it garbage was such, cans back then. Uh, yeah, I, I'm, <laughs> sure, I'm sure that the, everyone was, everyone's been cheating, but the Astros got caught. It's as simple as that. Just like everyone was doing roids at that time, and everyone got caught. Like, well, look, let's, let's think, and we should get you know, Chris back on, but when we had Biso on, you know, he's talking about analysts looking in depth slow motion at every pitcher and their motions and knowing what uh you know if there's a an alteration in their motion for whatever pitch comes out and as soon as they find a tell they're calling down to the duckout to say hey this guy's you know, got this a guy's hitch got a when he yeah you know, yep. he's not telling me that he's they're setting up to to cheat and steal signs but yeah. if you're a batter and you can pick that tell up right away then that's that's an advantage for you that's hey. nothing there's no cheating in that but everybody's analyzing every single pitch, and uh, you know what happens the, around the league. This is a big deal. I think that this is just stories only getting bigger, and I know we're in the middle of football and you know basketball starting and hockey's in full swing, so I think this story is not getting as much pub. But uh, this, I just this heard, could... though, that that uh, Astros dugout was just hired by the Patriots. <laughs> That's, did you? <laughs> That's good. Imagine it was the Red Sox that were getting caught. Uh, oh God! After the Patriots, and you have the Red Sox. Oh my God! Signs or whatever. Oh yeah, and and in the when the actually they still use the same Boston Parquet in the, for the Celtics. There are all kinds of rumors that they still have all the dead spots on the court, 
really? that the home team know about. So whenever they put together the parquet after the Bruins left, leave, the the home the Celtics home team know where the dead spots are. Then they avoid dribbling on them. It's but these again these are just rumors. Um, <laughs> it's, it's madness. Boston. Um, wow. So let's put a nice bow on this. Um, do you think the Astros will have a huge asterisk? Can they possibly take away a championship because of this? I've never heard it happen. That'd be unheard of. To take the take away the the World Series from. I, I can't see that happen. I think it, it's going to be just like the steroid era. There'll be a big asterisk. There'll be an investigation so people might get fined, and uh, and away you go. So, Brock, that's our first edition of the uh, You See What I'm Saying? I, well, let me ask you one more. Oh, yes. Alabama smokes Mississippi State this weekend. They're up 30 points. Tua is playing up 30. Oh, boy. To quote from Nick Saban was to practice a two-minute offense. Mm-hmm. Um gets hit, screws up his hip. It dislocates his hip and damages the outer wall, I think they said. Anyway, very similar to the Bo Jackson injury. Now, since then, they've said that, you know, the doctor expects him to make a a, a full recovery after surgery. But this has obviously brought up a huge uh, discussion in terms of, again, player... um, Players getting paid, benefits. Um, you know, it's a prime career. example. This is exactly what it's the whole. This is the prime example. Yeah. So I guess you know my question to you: Do you think he should have been playing? Uh, if I'm him, I'm, it depends. If the, did the coach approach him and say, "Hey, do you do you want you want to keep playing, or like, or is that just the coach's decision at that point? I think it was the coach's decision at that point. Well, it's I mean, Tuo is not saying take me out of the game. Yeah. I'm, I'm all I'm all for him. I'm all for the kid to keep playing. I mean, they, if if they were working on a two minute offense, I'm all for him playing. I think, uh, you know, they had an agenda with it, what, wanting to work on the two minute offense. I don't know. You, you, yeah, I, I'm cool. I'm cool yeah. with it. Hey, you, you take you, you roll the dice as a coach. You're up thirty. I mean, are they? Is it a points four points against? If you are they fighting for a top four spot where they had they want to really like put the thump into. To Mississippi State, yeah, is that why Alabama's on the outside looking in? Yeah, for then the of course he has you're to play. To, to you're trying to smoke yeah. teams, so yes, because so you want to no get votes. Yeah. So yeah, I think so too. A lot of people were saying that they thought that he shouldn't be in, and wow, but that's you know you're playing like, every call, play college you, football. You're playing all the way to the end because you you need to make a statement one way or the other. You've been talking about college football the last five weeks and how important each game is and uh, and uh, t- each possession, each score, really the the the, the the point differential. Yeah. So yeah, of course, yeah. And you know what? Um, diff- what differs his injury from Bo Jackson, I think, is the fact that there's a lot more. We've made uh, medical advances, obviously, and uh, right. uh, Bo Bo Jackson was, I think, the words misdiagnosed, maldiagnosed, misdiagnosed, misdiagnosed. initially. So um, that's you know he could have died actually from his injury, from what I under- from what I understand. So um, really? the fact that they had identified two as injury right away and you know he was in surgery what the next day or the two days later yep. full recovery it's good news I, the question is should he skip the draft this year is a, is a question for you as in come back and play again well can does he have any eligibility left uh yeah he would only be a junior i think at this I'm, point i don't know what the recovery is for injury like that but would you skip the draft and maybe hop in the year after if you don't play you can work out and it see all, how, it you know? all depends on where they see him going if he is still uh uh, a top end draft pick, you know, like he was projected to possibly go first, 
Tank for Tua. Everyone's tanking for Tua. No, well, it was. Not anymore. Now it's, yeah, now it's, it's tank for Burroughs. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. But, you know, tank for Tua was a real thing. So if he's still to be in the first round, let's say, if I'm Tua, I'm out for the season. I had surgery. I'm doing recovery. I do my workouts. I do my, uh, my pro days. And I am slotted into a first round draft pick. Or that's what they're, they're projecting. They're projecting. Or, yeah. 100% I go to the draft. Yeah. Because you know firsthand that shit, something like that happens again, and I'm not getting paid. Yeah. There's nothing left for, you know? Yeah. Now, the that's, thing is, a lot sad. of these guys have insurance, right? So if you say, okay, um, you know, he could actually come back, say, you know what, I, I'm only projected a second round or something, but if I play this season and come back and play well like I could, it'll be a first round, which is millions of dollars. They'll take out insurance policies on their, their bodies. Yeah. Um, which I think a lot of players should because something like that happens and, you, and you're, you're out millions of dollars. That's your, that's your life. That's your life, man. Yeah, no, I'm with you there. It's wild. Wow. Right. Well, that's, uh, that's, now it's officially, that's the bow. officially the bow on the uh, first, you see what I'm saying? <laughs> you, can you say that better than I can? Cause I, that, that, we're going out to the, you see what I'm saying? See what I'm saying. See what I'm saying. He's saying see it better than I am. Oh yeah. We'll be right back with uh, some Grey Cup thoughts. Back with some Grey Cup thoughts. I'm curious to see what your thoughts are for that, actually. And we're back uh, once again live at the RA Center here. We've got some good drinks and good food and good company. Um, our next segment, we're going to talk about the Grey Cup. We had a couple of, uh, with the Eastern Final and the Western Final play on Sunday this week. Uh, but before we get into that, we just, uh, we just want to make a quick, uh, quick mention, quick shout out. We've got uh, our, a guest for a podcast we're going to be recording shortly that won't be part of this podcast. But we have a great guest. His name's Scott Cameron. And uh, he's a friend of uh, the Taskmaster, Ten Kenny Tasker. He'll be here shortly putting his kids to bed. Is that what he said, Scotty? Yes. His uh, kids to bed. So okay. Should be here shortly. Fantastic. So you beat him to the punch, and you're going to be. Sorry, I had his mic off there. Oh, no <laughs> problem. I think we got the last part of that. That's yeah, very yeah, good. That's very right. good. Very yeah. good. Um, so thank you so much for taking time out of. Uh, we all have busy schedules for taking time out to come and hang with us. Um, and uh, hopefully you've enjoyed the first segment. Uh, you mentioned uh, quickly before we started recording here that uh, you, li you listen to our podcast occasionally? Yes, absolutely. Right uh, upon uh, meeting Ken. Uh, he introduced me to your uh, wonderful podcast, and I have a 35-minute commute to work. Hey. And uh, it's it's a great way to uh, to pass the time on Spectacular. my 35-minute uh, drive. So. All right. 35 minutes, so both ways, you get maybe halfway done. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We're yeah. working on that, folks. Okay, we're working on the time. Well, thanks for coming in, and uh, hang tight. When Kenny gets here, we'll uh, we'll probably have a we'll start our, our segment with you uh, right about then. So but he's got to commute from where again? Where does he live? He's out uh, in Perth. Greeley. Greeley. Perth. Greeley. So really not that far. Not that far. But it's, he's yeah, got, it's pretty far. Well. What's Greeley from here, you figure, Scotty? Uh, about uh, about 25 minutes. 25 minutes? Okay. Are you in Greeley as well? I'm in Manatick. Manatick. Yeah. Shout out to the Browns. Tasker? Well, uh, that that's a story in and of itself, actually. Um, you save it? Well, let's save that one All for right. the yeah. Tune in next time. Tune in. For the, yeah. Literally. Scott, yeah. Literally tune in soon. Uh, yeah. Um, shout out to the Browns who live out in Manatick, Heather and uh, Glenn Dog. Uh, 
Uh, my pa- <laughs> yes, friends of mine. <laughs> Love them. Love them to death. Shout okay. out, Manitick. Shout out, Manitick. Okay. Grey Cup. We had the East final and we had the West final. The East, we had uh, Hamilton beating the Edmonton Eskimos. The Edmonton Eskimos. And, uh, you know, Trevor Harris and all the former Red Blacks on the Eskimos. Uh, that was a, actually a pretty close game. Um, but, you know, Hamilton plays really, really, really good, strong defense. Um, and on the flip side in the West, we had uh, Winnipeg, Winnipeg and Blue Bombers. Saskatchewan. Yeah, and Winnipeg again, uh, predicated on defense. Now, the question I had for you, Brock, is that these are two defensive-minded teams playing in the Grey Cup in a league that's that's prides itself on a lot of offense. Is this good for the league? Two backup QBs are in the finals here. Caleros literally signed off the scrap heap about three weeks ago to take uh, take over Striv- Strivener, Strivener the, the kid who barely throws it. They just run him. Yeah. They run RPOs off him all the time. Um, what's what's the deal? Is this good for the CFL to have these two teams in the Grey Cup? I, it's finally two different teams. We've seen Calgary and Ottawa, Edmonton and Ottawa, Calgary and Ottawa the last few years. But So yeah. we have two different teams, but two backup QBs. What's your take on the CFL Grey Cup this year? Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's good that there's two new teams. Okay. Let's keep in mind there's only nine, so <laughs> it's not, okay. uh, you know what I mean? You're going to get in there at some point. Yeah. Um, Defensively, it really depends. It depends on what you're asking me. Because if we're talking about is it good for the game for when Americans tune in and watch the Grey Cup and say, oh, this is what Canadian football is all about, I, I don't think it's going to be great for it because it's going to be, you know, a 15 to 20 game or something like that's that. That's how I feel about it. And uh, I think that that's boring. Like for for Americans and for people who aren't familiar with the Canadian game, I think that's going to be a little bit boring. We want to have a bit more of a, you know, a run and gun kind of open, sure. open field to it. Now, the biggest detriment to the Grey Cup will be if they don't manage the field any better than they did last year. I think it was last year. Last they, year. The field was atrocious. Travesty. And, it, and for all intents and purposes, my friend Colleen was at the Grey Cup. She goes every year. She said that the day was beautiful. Like there was, it was like two or three degrees in the day, and even when, as the, the sun went down, it didn't freeze. It was like minus one, but it was lovely. There, the no reason for the field to behave the way it, it behaved. So, according to uh, Tori Latanzio, the D lineman there for the Red Blacks, I was asking him, I said, "What was up with the field?" And he was like, "It was cold for the week before, so there was you know some good ice buildup." But the day was beautiful, so like the top layer sort of melted, and it was kind of nice for most of it. And then when the sun went down, that top layer froze to a point, and now there he's like, there was nothing for our cleats to dig into. No, nothing. We were watching at your dad's. It was was awful. Awful. I mean, not only from a red black standpoint, but all the the errors the red blacks were doing, like there were timing routes, and they were just receivers could not get their footing to make the turn. It was just it was sloppy, and from a football standpoint, would have made if it wasn't for the Red Blacks, I would have changed the channel too. Yeah, yeah. And if I didn't have wing sauce all over my hands, I, pro- <laughs> I would have done it. But like there, it was just it was really yeah. bad. So any Americans that tuned in that I knew, and they would ask me questions they're like, "This is like, what's with your field? Why is it? You know, why can't anybody why run? You know?" Yeah. So for the amount of money that the Grey Cup, again, it's not the Super Bowl, but it's your flagship game for your league get a tarp do something spend some money to take care of the damn field yeah 
you know, and hey, don't hey. use it as being like, well, it's a Canadian thing. So it's, uh, you know, that part of the appeal is that it's, uh, you never know what the weather's going to be and how we, sure. you know, staples in the shoes and those kind of historical games. Sure. You know, it's, it's past that. We have the technology now to fix it and to maintain and, and prep a field properly. If I can do it. Yeah, and listen, this is like this is Calgary now in end of November is what you know, essentially where this great cup's gonna be held. Calgary, the stadium is a dump. It's the oldest in the league. Um renovations. I mean, when I watch the games on TV, it's still the same they look like townhomes in the back, like old trailers. It's just yeah. like why I mean, I understand the Calgary nightlife is pretty cool downtown Calgary. I'm sure there's a little bit to do after the game. Um but it just seems like a weird venue. You pick the oldest building. It doesn't seat that much. I'm sure they're going to modify it. I guess I don't. I don't know. But like you, the you, Great Cup being in town, wherever it is, the nightlife will be great yeah, for that weekend. Sure. The parties that they have, sure. the the Rough Rider clubs that always put on the their Great Cup parties. Like yeah. every city is has happened. There's a lot of people that go to those weekends. Um, do you have a beat on the game? Let's put it. We'll try to put another nice bow on this segment. Do you do you have a feel for the Hamilton's been playing exceptional football? Uh, yeah. Dane Evans looks looks like he's a uh, looks like Mazzoli. If he wins the Great Cup, they got a problem next year. A good problem. Is Mazzoli going to come back? Mazzoli has a problem because he's making a lot more money than Evans is. Yeah, sure. You know, so he's played it, well. It really comes down to if you got a guy that could do the job for a significant. Reduced salary. Hey, he's looking mighty sure. fine to the GM and to the owners. So you trade Masoli and shit, trade him to Ottawa. Who cares? Like, not who cares, but I mean, you can trade him. He's a, a valuable asset. In Ottawa, we could use somebody who might have a bit more experience. Um, so, yeah, anyway. There's a problem in Hamilton, but it's more on Masoli. They're going to be trading him, I think, if, if the other guy can win the Grey Cup and, and play fairly well. Yeah. My beats, I mean, my bets last week both fell through. I, I picked Edmonton and Saskatchewan, although I thought it would be Hamilton and Saskatchewan. I took Edmonton because I was cheering for Edmonton because of all the old Red Blacks on it. Um, but that being said, I mean, Banks is a, is a game changer. And if he plays anywhere near what he did in the semifinals, he opens up a lot of things yeah. for the Hamilton offense. Sure. And you you talk about defense. It, it's a defensive game. But Banks is like one of those Tyreek Hill type guys. Take the top off a of defense, stretch him out a little bit, and that opens punt up. Punt return. Punt return, like special punt teams, return field possession. Like, he is he's a game changer. Yeah. I like uh, I like Hamilton. I like the fact that they're they're rugged up front, rugged on the lines. Like we always talk about, you know, win the line of scrimmage. Mm -hmm. um, Gable's a, a, I think it's Gable they're running back. No, or, no, Gable Edmonton, was yeah. with uh, Edmonton. He used to be with Hamilton, and now he. Uh... That's right. Um, I like, I actually like Winnipeg in this game. Why? Because Paul Lapolice is a really really good offensive coordinator. He should be he should be a head coach in the CFL. Uh, and I really like Mike Shea. He was, Shea. you know that. He was, yeah. yeah. Um, I think was he he might have been the the head coach in Winnipeg if in I'm Winnipeg. mistaken yeah yeah um, great coach uh, he's doing a, a great job with a, a ragtag misfit kind of team right now with a, a quarterback off the scrap heap Zach Caleros I never thought he'd see the field this year after breaking his collarbone having multiple concussions he comes in and he played really well against Calgary mm -hmm. and he played he did enough last week um, Saskatchewan geez boys three times first and goal two of them first and goal on the one and you come up with three points that's the game yeah um 
tough loss. Uh, I thought it was an exciting finish. There was, a, a, I think, the second to last play. There was a deflection. The guy caught it on the sidelines. And I think it was Neyman Roosevelt. Uh, like, very exciting game. CFL could be really exciting brand of football. Uh, move the post back, boys. Like, come on. It's 2020 now. Like, Because uh, that hurt you guys, eh? Well, move the post back, boys. Like, someone's A, going to get hurt. Uh, we don't need to post there anymore. It's, uh, let's put it in the back of the end zone and add to however many yards to the field goal. Like, what do you think about that? I know it's kind of silly, but, like, why are they still there? It's, it's tough to do when it's a 25-yard end zone. So if you're kicking from the 10-yard line, you're already kicking a 35-yard field goal. You know? So th- True. that alone is, you know, now if you're outside the 30-yard line, you're not, you're hoping for a rouge? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah, you're not kicking yeah. a field goal. So I don't know. In the NFL, it's only 10 yards. So you kind of take that into account. But 25 is a pretty big, yeah. big margin for it. So I don't know if that's the reason that they don't do it. But... Um, I always wanted that too. I'm like, why would you have these posts in the middle of the field with like receivers Specific, crossing yeah. around? Yeah, and, sure. Yeah, um, I'm. My heart's with Hamilton, uh, but I, my gut tells me that Winnipeg's defense is going to come through. Uh, Nick Dembski really, really played a really great game. Former Saskatchewan Rough Rider. Uh, I just think Andrew Harris, in, if it's uh, if there's inclement weather, he can handle the ball a little bit better in the running game than the than the boys in Hamilton. I'm going to go with Winnipeg. Uh, 21 to 14, something like that. 21-15. 21-15, eh? You got it. 21-15, Winnipeg. That's my that's my call. All right. I think I'm going to go Winnipeg as well. Uh, just with... Ah, well, screw it. I'll go Hamilton then. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we should have a segment called That's So Brock. That's it's, uh, <laughs> you know I'm what? Go, I'll uh, go Hamilton. Yeah. I'll take Hamilton uh, 28-23. You heard it here first. Let's take a break, and we'll come back with uh, our final segment. You bet. <laughs> Brandon Bay. All right, and we are back. Uh, that was our CFL segment. I know uh, Pep has an NFL one he wants to uh, talk about. Now, we could not remember the running back for the Hamilton Tiger Cats. And forgot that Mr. Cameron is sitting here who knows just about everything. <laughs> Hockey, f- football, basketball, everything. Um, I think Curtis, Curtis's job was supposed to be our fact checker while we're doing this, but he relies on Google. And Hey, he's Zach also- Mazzoli right now. <laughs> <laughs> he's Dane Evans. Right? We got a new quarterback. We got a new quarterback. <laughs> okay, who's the running back? Well, uh, I, I, I hate to uh, also rely on Google. My memory failed me, and I, I'm glad I double-checked. It's uh, Sean Thomas Erlington is the, uh, the running back for Hamilton right now. Okay. And where did Hamilton get him? Uh, they got him from the uh, Edmonton Eskimos of last year. Okay. okay. And what shirt size does he wear? Oh, yeah, I, I think it's a 15 <laughs> okay. and a half. All right, <laughs> All right so awesome. there. We are uh, anytime... You're on, and the mic is live, and we can't think of something, and you know it. We may turn to you. By all means. Just jump in. We may turn to you. We are not too proud to say we don't know something, and we're absolutely. All right, what's the next segment you got here? Look, the NFL is two-thirds of the way done. Uh, I think some of the uh, the cream is starting to rise, right? Oh, dear. 
Yes. Is that? Can we isolate uh, that? So, uh, can we erase that? <laughs> no. All right. Uh, the the, uh, the elite teams are starting to show, and some of the pretenders are starting to fall back. Um, one one team that it hasn't yet, and they always do, and they break people's hearts are the Lovable Bills. The lovable but they're hanging bills. in there. But right now, at, if the playoffs were to start today, okay, in the AFC by order, this is by, when I say by order, I mean ranking one to six. It's the Pats, who you know. What's new there? The Ravens, Texans, Chiefs, Bills, and Colts in that order. So that means the Bills and Colts are hanging on to the wild card. Uh, the Texans and Chiefs lead their division, and the Pats and Ravens lead their division, but they also um, get a bye in the first round. So, um, you know, in the AFC, not far behind are the Raiders at 6-4, and four, the Steelers 5-5, five and five, the Titans in five, are 5-5, five and five, and the Browns and the Jags are clinging to life at 4-6. and six. So... Um, out of the teams I've mentioned, let's let's talk about the the teams that sit in a playoff position right now. The Ravens, uh, Pats, Ravens, Texans, Chiefs, Bills, and Colts. Um, out of those six teams, who are legit, and who are who are going to struggle to make the make the wild card? Well, it's tough to say the Pats are not legit at nine and one. Yeah, so let's let's. I think Pats and Ravens are pretty, pretty safe right now. You know, well, yeah, to make the playoffs we're yeah, talking about? Yeah. Okay, yes. So yes. they're in the playoffs. Yes. Do I think the Patriots are anywhere near what they used to be? And are they actually a 9-1 dominant team? No, I don't think so. They barely got by Philly. They barely got by Philly. They got beat pretty well by the Ravens overall. Oh, yeah. They barely got past the Bills. And the rest of their schedule was pretty weak. So I think their schedule does get a lot harder. So I'm really I'm going to be curious to see how they do now you know belichick is notoriously good at figuring things out but uh you know they got the cowboys the texans chiefs bills again and then they just have the Bengals and dolphins as the other two but there's four games there that are uh they would be at risk of losing and losable I, games definitely losable games um i think you know the bills of right, bills are notoriously heartbreakers i think they're there though like, I, I really, I want to believe that they're turning a page. I think they're in a division that they have some winnable games for the most part. Sure. Um, but I think it's really going to come down to their game against the Patriots in, like, the week 16 or something, how they play in that, that environment um, against them again, having a second chance. And is it either Buffalo takes a step and actually beats them, like takes up their game, or is this going to be where it's like, you know what, it was close the first time, and now we Patriots beat them by three touchdowns. And I think that's going to be obviously the indicator as to whether or not the Bills are for real. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I'm worried about the Texans, to be honest. Like, as good as they are, they looked horrible against the Ravens. Yeah. Or the, Ravens, was, or the Ravens just look really, really good. Or, I, yeah. It's a tough place to play at 1 o'clock in uh, inclement weather. Just a, that was a tough – they just did not look good. No, um, that's, a, that's a dome team on the road in bad weather. Yeah. You know, yeah. that could come back to hurt them. They um, seem to bounce back pretty well from games like that, though. They're, Bill O'Brien's got, got something going with his team when it comes to uh, uh, following up a, a bad loss with a, with a good game. He gets them to refocus. But they're not the same defense. They, you know, they're missing J.J. Watts out. J.J. Watts out. Um, That's a big deal. When yeah, JJ sure. Watt goes out and you've traded Clowney already, yeah. Those, I mean, those are your bookends. Those are the fifty-five million dollar guys that yeah. the Patriot, uh, the Packers have on either side that they they dump money into. Yeah, sure. You know that we look at the. I think a team that's sneaky. We get the, the six and four Raiders. Um, 
Ivan Huston's going to be really happy about this. But the six and four Raiders, a big game in a couple weeks, pal, are the five and five current five and five Steelers versus um, the Buffalo Bills. That game could mean something. Steelers and Bills in Pittsburgh. Yeah, that game could mean something. So it's very interesting. I don't. The Steelers don't have enough talent to keep uh, keep pace with these guys. But they're five and five. They sit there. Um, they have too many injuries. They're going to fall off. So you I think you think the Bills and Colts are legit? Do they have a chance to, to hold their spot? The Colts have been surprising me every week because they keep getting more injuries. You know, Brissett was out one week. Now Marlon Mack's out another week. T.Y. Hilton hasn't played in I don't know how long. Yeah. Um, and I think actually this might have been they win this week. They won this week. They yeah they beat uh, the Jacksonville. Yes. But I think this might have been I I don't know for sure if but I think the Colts since T.Y. Hilton was drafted. This might be the first time that they've won a game without him in the lineup. That's possible. I think they were talking about that. They were saying that they have never won a game when T.Y. hasn't been in the lineup. Oh, they're so well coached. They're so well coached, man. Frank Reich can coach my team anytime. He's so, he's so good at but motivating But their offensive guys. line is awesome. Good. Did you see the celebration? Yeah, the keg stand. Quentin Nelson yeah. keg stand? <laughs> yes. Yeah, Scotty, did you see that? I did, yes. Yeah, how yeah. awesome was that? That was fantastic. Oh, man. Put, uh, that's a CFL style. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, yeah, right? remind Celebration. me of John Gott uh, grabbing the beer out of the, oh, uh, that was the, best, out of eh? the fan's hand. and Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, only he's not retiring after that game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good point. Um, okay, so you you think the Bills and Colts are legit. I think <clears throat> I think the, basically you could solidify the Pats, Ravens, and everybody else is, is a wild card as far as I'm concerned. I don't think the Chiefs have this locked up. I think the Raiders can sneak up. The Raiders have some big games coming up, and they're playing really well. So, um, yeah, it's the Chiefs be... look good the other night, though. Too. I mean, it was in Mexico, and it was the Chargers and Philip Rivers. Philip Rivers is. I think he's done. I think they're got to be done. I thought he should have been done a lot earlier. I don't think he's done in his mind, but I think the Chargers are now ha- have to seriously consider drafting a quarterback because he looks awful, horrible. He's not helping their team at all. And you know, mind you, there's nobody blocking for him, but he exactly. doesn't help the it's situation. Not all on him, no. But. Um, We'll quickly look at the NFC before we wrap this bad boy up. Uh, Packers, Vikings, Saints, sorry, Niners, Packers, Vikings, Saints, Seahawks, Cowboys, in that order, six, uh, one to six. Um, I think it's pretty safe to say uh, the Niners at nine and one, Packers, Vikings. I'm going to even say Saints and Seahawks. So the only wild card for me is the Cowboys. Can they hang on and win their division? If they do... Um, Will they make the playoffs with the Rams at six and four and the Eagles at five and five? Panthers are five and five. Bears are are a weak, sloppy four and six. I don't see them making no, any noise. So just going, con- but they're continually downhill. Technically, they're still in the playoff hunt. Um, the Cowboys, for me, in the NFC, are the only team that's a wild card. I I don't see the Seahawks relinquishing. I don't see the Saints. Certainly not the Vikings. The way they're playing, they have a bye week now, coming off a big win. And the Packers and Niners, I think, are going to be finish one and two. So. For me, the Cowboys are the wild card. What, what do you think, Brock, in the NFC? Cowboys are the wild card. Um, just the way they've been playing the last little while. Up and down. I mean, the Niners, I think, have made enough headroom early in the season to be fine, but they're still a question mark for me. Like, I just don't... Can't trust them yet? No. And I think that they had a very light schedule at the beginning, and I think, you know, if we start seeing more, I think their schedule gets a bit tougher, too. So I want to see how they do. But I think they've made enough room to get into the playoffs. And we'll see. I think see. they need a loss, if you ask me. I think they actually need to lose another game or two to, to face some adversity, you know? Yeah, I am a firm believer that one or two losses in a season actually makes you better. Yeah, 
totally. Now that's the NFL because you can overcome one or two losses. In college football, you can't. So that's what makes it so much better. But yeah. anyway, you need a couple losses. <laughs> I love the quick dig. Yeah, the quick that's, dig. Eh, that's why college is better. Okay, anyway, so much better. <laughs> um, yeah, you know the Packers have surprised me. They've been really good. Their defense is is the difference maker this year. Um, you know, Cowboys, Eagles. Like I don't know if the Cowboys are going to win that division. What are the Cowboys at now? Six and four. So they're only a game Six up on the they're Eagles. They're only a game up on the Eagles. The Redskins are long done, and uh, the Giants, I think, too, are long done. So it's really a two two horse race for that division. I like the Eagles. I like the, they have talent all over the place. They just can't seem to get it together for a couple games in a row. It's like they look a uh, Super Bowl contender one week and then like terrible the next week. And I don't know if it's Carson Wentz. I think uh, losing Nick Foles. I think he was the right quarterback for that system. Yeah. You know, you want the Niners to lose. I think you're going to have three weeks in a row of them losing. What do we got? They got the Packers, Ravens, and Saints the next three games. Packers, this, is that the Monday nighter or the Sunday nighter? Uh, November 24th. 22nd is... Scott, are you good with calendars too? No, uh, I, I can be. That's a Sunday. That's a Sunday because <laughs> the 25th is a Monday. That's the a Sunday. Is it? Yeah, so it's a Sunday nighter. <laughs> Sorry it's, for it's throwing you on the spot. No. Like Sorry, right buddy. Away. No. Yeah, that's a Sunday. So that's okay. a Sunday. Yeah, 820, Sunday night, Packers, 49ers. December 1st is the Ravens at the Ravens at 1 o'clock. I think they lose that one. And then at the Saints on December 8th. Like, Two's. those are three right away. And if the Falcons keep playing the way they're playing now, shit, it could what be What are the Falcons right now? They're 3-7? and seven? Uh, 3-7. and seven. That's a team that is, if they win out at 9-7, and seven, they could sneak in. And I wouldn't want to play them the way they're playing. All no. of a sudden. Their defense has been... All Dan of a Quinn sudden. got a renewal of life yeah. in that team. Okay, so Niners. Packers, loss. Ravens, loss. Saints, loss. Falcons could be a loss. Rams, maybe a win at the way they're playing, but maybe there's something. And the last games of the Seahawks. They could technically lose five out of the next six games. And finish 10-6. and six. I think they're still... I mean, they're still in the playoffs. Like you said, they've but made I enough think, room for them now. That they just one yeah. more. Ten wins gets you in the playoffs. I really mostly. think they were front light in terms of their schedule, like the Chiefs, but the Chiefs weren't playing anywhere no. near what they're supposed to. Anyway, yada, yada. The 49ers, in my book, they're not Super Bowl contenders at this point. No, not this year. Anyway, okay. Wow. Woo! Well, incredible. Brock, um, did you have anything you wanted to add college football-wise? I know we talked a little bit about Tua. I feel like it's uh, something we have to do every every contest just because it's your passion and uh, there's a lot going on this this week. There Still. is some pretty. Let's do it. Let's, yeah. Oh, oh there. Oh, we, now we have to. So. Scott, if you've listened, you've heard this before. It is the. Uh, it's uh, official... college football. This is the SEC on CBS. The theme. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, week 11, there's not a whole lot. We already talked about two getting hurt. That was obviously one of the biggest things I wanted to bring up and discuss with you. We've already talked about that. Thankfully, he's supposed to make a full recovery. Does that hurt Bama in the standings? Uh, while we were doing this, the playoffs were announced and the, the top six had not changed. Um, but anyway, Florida beats Missouri, if anybody's wondering. Nobody really cares. Missouri <laughs> had previously been un- unbeaten at home, so Florida beat them at home. Great. I told you guys to watch Michigan, Michigan State. That was a bust. Michigan State looked horrible. Um, we talked about the Bama one. The Georgia-Auburn game, for those who watched that, that was a very good game. Georgia was up 21-7 for the most part. Auburn scored late to make it 21-14. And then there was a face-masking penalty that was very uh, controversial, or it was missed 
by the refs that would have helped Auburn sustain a drive or not hurt them um, when they were in the effort to uh, make a comeback. So uh, there's a lot of people upset about that. But Georgia wins 21-14. Um, who I keep telling you guys to watch for a fun game, even though they're not ranked, Iowa State. Cyclones? And, yeah. And if you had watched them, you'd have watched them beat Texas. 23-21. Oh, I hate Texas. So Iowa State goes super hard against Oklahoma. For, did, you, uh, did you know that about me? I hate Texas? I hate the state of Texas teams. Anybody in Texas, especially, especially college football. Oh. Uh, I don't – the Rangers are actually, probably the most likable of all the teams. I don't the like The Texas that. Rangers. The baseball Texas Rangers. The bat flip. The prior to – prior Rough to Neto Odor, Texas Rangers. I used Rangers? to like them when they, had, when they had Juan Gonzalez and Canseco. They were Nolan kind of lovable losers. Yeah. But when no no with with uh, Odor and uh, those guys no I it's, no okay. I hated them but anybody in Texas really and I don't I don't like them you people in the Texas least, like you people yeah well there goes all yeah. of our listeners out there I think, yeah <laughs> I think, <laughs> <laughs> Tasker played in Texas too I think at some point didn't you you play in Texas Tasker no? all right all right okay all right then I sustain you people in, in Texas. Texas yeah you people you people ah. Uh, uh, anyway, okay, so Iowa State, yes, exciting to watch. They put up a fight all the time. They beat Texas. The other team in Iowa beats the undefeated Minnesota. Love, you, love the Hawkeyes, man. Uh, so Minnesota is no longer undefeated. Now they're still in the driver's seat for the Big Ten West Championship in order to play Ohio State in the Big Ten Championship. But in two weeks, they play Wisconsin, who is right on their heels with one extra loss. And if Wisconsin beats Minnesota, they'll be tied, but they'll also have the tiebreaker. Yeah, you know. In which case, Wisconsin gets in. We've been saying about Wisconsin, if Wisconsin wins, if they haven't. They keep losing the big games. Well, 8-2. and two. So they lost two big games. They lost to Ohio State, so it would be Wisconsin against Ohio State again. I think Ohio State actually plays Minnesota. No, that's just in the Big Ten Championship. They don't play them this year. Of course they don't. Anyway, I just need somebody to beat Ohio State. I don't care who it is. <laughs> Wisconsin could be at could be uh, that team. Oklahoma and Baylor. If anybody stayed up to watch Oklahoma Baylor, sick game. Oklahoma Crazy. has been in two barn burners the last two weeks. Now, Baylor's a ranked team. Iowa State wasn't. But Oklahoma, Jalen Hurts turned the ball over four times. One interception, three fumbles in, like, the first three quarters. That hurts. They're down 25 points at one point, I think. 28-3. Worst, yeah. worst lead in football. <laughs> They scored 17 points in the fourth quarter to win in regulation. Wow. And Jalen Hurts played amazing. One play specifically. Heisman? Uh, it's tough when you have four turnovers to then be in the Heisman talk, but I think he's, he's in there. He's in the discussion. There was a play. It was a bad snap. So it was like under two minutes left. They're going down to try and score to take the lead, I think, and, or maybe it was to tie it up. But it was two minutes left in that area. It was a bad snap. Thing goes back about 15 yards. He runs back, gets it. Doesn't fall on it, doesn't whatever, has the pressure, eludes one, and throws it away. That alone is something that 80% of the quarterbacks in college football don't do, and there's a big panic involved with it. For him to be that composed and throw it away and say, you know what, I just saved 20 yards, and say, you know, the clock stops and we're going back for their play, is something I wish Kyle Trask would do for the Florida Gators. Anyway, that was something that I, was, I thought was very good by him. And uh, that game was very, very exciting. Oklahoma wins. It brings them back into the top ten. Nice uniforms, too, they wore. The white very helmets. Nice. Like that. Uh, no, that wasn't. they didn't wear white helmets that game. It was uh, burgundy pants, though, right? Yeah, it was like a, a gray out, a uniform. I'll say outfit. Gray outfit. Yeah. And uh, Burgundy pants? Uh, I think it was gray with the burgundy piping. And yeah. then I think the 
the the off helmet they have. It's awesome. Anyway, they have yeah, some nice uniforms, definitely. Yeah. Uh, week 12, these are the games you're going to want to watch. Noon, Penn State versus Ohio State. Oh, I love that. Love that matchup. Okay. That's a game. Get your popcorn out. Let's go Penn State. Let's go let's Jesse Lucetta. Let's, let's Lions. go Jonathan Sutherland. Two Ottawa kids for Penn State. Joe let's Paterno. Go. Oh, God, no. Paterno. Uh, what? Was he what? not in? What? Yeah, Sandusky, too. What? Oh, like, no. Come on. Oh, no. I, That's not. I, fuck. I totally forgot about that. Uh, we're oh, turning a page dear. on that. Anyway, oh, dear. That, I'm going to have to edit it out. I have to. Oh, dear. Anyway, we're going for Penn State over Ohio State. Has nothing to do with what Pierre just talked <laughs> I'm about. I'm so sorry. Uh, I forgot about that. Oh, that's awful. Uh, you people are going to be mad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 3.30, Texas versus oh. Baylor. Okay? Another ranked one. Baylor's going to be mad. They just had, they just blew it. Fuck this. They had dropped a little bit, so uh, Baylor should be coming back. And then 7.30, the other game that I would suggest watching is Oregon, who is ranked at six right now. I still don't think they're a six, but they're ranked six. They're at Arizona State. Arizona State, Kevin Mawai, they had a start of real on fire, five there, and is one. Is he their head coach? Nope. He's like a quality control, like he was saying, but he's helping their old line coach who I met at the Cool Clinic as well. I can't remember his name now, but um, I follow him because I follow with Kevin and he updates people all the time. Anyway, they were five and one. They've lost four in a row, so they're five and five right now. But if they can get back to the way they were playing at the beginning of the season and maybe upset in Oregon, that would be awesome, and that's a 7.30 game. So those are the three games you're watching this week. All the key guys, like Florida, have a bye because next week is rivalry weekend, and that is Florida, Florida State, and oh, Ohio like State, it. Michigan, and all those frigging games. So uh, that'll be fun. That's uh, college football. Is that a wrap? In a, in a heartbeat. Boom. Yeah. That's it. Okay, friend. Oh, what was that? Uh, I was on the wrong page. I thought it was an what air was horn. <laughs> <laughs> what was that? No, do it again. I got to hear that. What? You know what? This is for when we get... Uh, All right. right. Task attack. Right. When he's on next episode. Well, on that note... A little wild thing, Ashen. Yeah, we'll go out to it. Episode 36 in the books. I want to thank Brock Fleming once again, my co-host. And uh, Scott Cameron for sitting in. Rebecca Langeal and Curtis Fleming, who are no longer here. And uh, great job, buddy. Scotty Cameron. You make putters? I, uh, <laughs> I've been known to make a, uh, a bath uh, tissue as well. Uh, the, the Scotty's paper towel and toilet paper brand. <laughs> All right. This place okay. can use it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks for coming on. Right on.